Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to thank all my subscribers and listeners that dedicate a little bit of time just to hear what I got to say. Thank you so much, but the struggle is real and it continues. Please spread awareness and do your part by making sure that you are subscribed and liking each of the episodes that you listen to. Share my episodes and, and spread awareness of my channel and what it is that I'm doing. These things, these little things right here is what helps me grow and helps sponsorship come my way as I am a struggling ex-con. I appreciate the support, the love, and thank you so much for tuning in. More to come. This episode has been brought to you by our friends over at CMB Law. If you find yourself in a tight spot and you need an attorney to trust, call Courtney over at CMB Law, 941 747 44 or 941-725-9457. You can also visit her site at cmbjustice.com. cmbjustice.com. Again, that's Courtney at CMB Law. Tell them that Thomas Free Me sent you from the Thomas Free Me podcast show. Thomas Free Me Podcast TV Show. What's up, everybody, on this Saturday? Good morning. Huh? Happy Go Lucky Saturday. We got games going on, and it's feel good, do good Saturday, and it's cold as hell in the Tampa Bay area. Yes, it is. I'm not used to this stuff, man. So what's going on, man? I'm just hitting y'all up today. Let you guys know if you listened to the last show. You know that I went out of town for a couple of days, so I'm going to fill you in on how that went, man. Tell you a little bit about what's going on, what I got coming up in the future, and then we're going to discuss what's going on with Kyle Rittenhouse here, and then I'll fill you in on the Arbery as well, get you caught up for this weekend going into Monday, and then I'll be dropping more jewels then. If you ain't got nothing else to do today, after I finish with this podcast, get it published for y'all. I'm going to flip over to the YouTube channel. I'm going to put out a show describing what's potentially going to happen to this Rittenhouse kid if he lands up in the slammer. So I'm going to put that out on YouTube, do a little quick synopsis on my opinions and thoughts on that. And then I'm going to keep it pushing. Got a lot of stuff to do, man. I may get out and, and do some Uber tonight. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, you looking for Uber tonight or tomorrow for the game, just know you may be getting in the car with Thomas Freeman. I'm up and coming, man. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to make a name for myself, man. I'm out here struggling. I'm surviving off Kit Kats and Nutri-Grain bars and water and, and such. And I'm just, and I'm just trying to keep it pushing, man. You know, keep reaching out to the communities and try to bring the power of our voice together so we can unite, come together I'm trying to add a little humor into it, but most of all, you know, these are serious topics that I'm I'm touching on. So I'm touching on mental health. I'm touching on incarceration. I'm touching on innocence of incarceration, PTSD, trauma, things of all this nature. These are things that we deal with every day. So I'm just trying to bring awareness to this. 
by exposing my life and, and the decisions that I've made. And I've reflected on these things throughout my life. And I'm just sharing these these reflections with my peeps, man, with my people, because I love humanity. I love you guys. And I want everybody to be the best selves all for the purpose of leaving me the hell alone. And people will stop annoying the shit out of me. That's why I'm doing this, man. It's all why I'm doing it. So people leave me the hell alone. So as I said, you know, I, I went up to Atlanta now. This was a tough stretch for me, man. I pushed hard this week. Let me give you a rundown of how my week kind of goes. So as you may or may not know, I did take a break last weekend and I came back on Monday. I get in about Monday, about 4.30. I sit down finally and relax. I start going through my emails. Now I see I got an email where I got an offer to come join the set of Terror Lake Drive. Now, I had to respond to this email by 5 p.m. Here it is, 4.30, so I have to review quick because I don't watch TV. I don't know what none of these shows are. So I have to review real quick because I'm not just going to jump on anything, you know. And because, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just jump on anything. You know, I'm building a brand here, and I have to, I want my image to look a certain way. And I want my listeners and subscribers to know that I am a serious person and that I am about real facts, honesty, truth. So I do look into um, what it is that I'm taking. And even though that I'm out here just trying to survive and I'm struggling, that doesn't mean I'm just going to jump on anything just because they're offering me a dollar. So I, I had to review as quick as I could. Um, I liked what I saw. I liked the premise of the show. So I decided I hit them back about two minutes before five and I confirmed and that was it they hit me back told me I had to be down there the next day in Atlanta for COVID testing and then I had to sit my ass down until Thursday and I would be on set all day Thursday and that's what I did I threw a little duffel bag together threw it in the car and I hauled ass I took took my my time getting up to Atlanta got COVID tested got negative on that of course because I just had COVID so I'm filled with the antibodies care what none of these people say i know how this shit works it comes thursday now i have to be on set at 6 a.m and we worked and pushed all the way through till about i think final call was 11 p.m and 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 that's it i mean you're on your feet all day i mean i'm background i still have no speaking lines i'm still waiting on some speaking lines which i think may change here shortly I'll get into that here in a minute, but I'm still background. So, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a call boy over there standing there pretty in my, my police uniform waiting until they need some, some cops in the background. But it was fun, man. You know, it was, it was fun. I was around some of the stars of the show. Uh, I got to see Jerry Lamoth, the creator of the show, you know, uh, do some, do some, some great things, man. You know, this guy's a professional and. He's very down to earth. You could tell that he's very down to earth, very humble and gets along with the crew, man. You know, it's, it, it was like one big family and they're shooting this. So, you know, I'm in there jeffing with the crew and the, and the cast and, and these producers and, and whatnot and laughing. And, and, and that's it. We were just we were just getting the job done, man. And it was a good atmosphere and it was cool. It's really, really cool. So I had fun doing it. And then um, and then, yeah, final call was at 11 p.m. And 
that's it. I, I stuck around for a minute. I was able to get a couple of my monologues off to a couple of the people. Hopefully pray that it reaches in the right hands, you know, and, and people like what they see. But that was it. I jumped in my car and, and that was it. Thursday night, pushed it back to Tampa. Got back to Tampa about 6 a.m. And I crashed. You know, and here I am putting the show out today. I'm sluggish. You know, that, that hit me kind of hard, that little run right there. But it's, it's, what, it's what needs to be done, man. You know, it's like I say, I've spent my whole life doing things the wrong way, taking shortcuts, always not trying to put in the work and expecting, you know, the, the best results. And it never worked out. You know, so I've dedicated myself to giving it all the good old country boy try and just try to do things the right way for once and put the same effort into the right way as I have the wrong way and just see what kind of results I get. And so far, those results have been fabulous. I've met fabulous people, man. I've met positive people and I've met people who are really trying to lift me up, you know. Really great people I've met just by being positive and, and just trying to do the right thing. People see that and they appreciate that. So I'm just trying to keep it pushing. So getting into Rittenhouse. Now, where we stand at now with Rittenhouse is we are on break until Monday and the attorneys are going to finalize the jury instructions on how these instructions are going to be read to the jury. Now, if you're unfamiliar with jury instructions and what this process is, it's this is the final hurrah. It all boils down the the prosecution, the state rested its case. The defense brought forth its case. Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand in his own defense. I think he did OK. He could have the emotions he was trying to show just wasn't there and he tried to fake it. I think that was a critical mistake of his testimony. I think that he should have just been honest. And I think, I think that's going to be a critical mistake. I don't, ah, you know, I don't know if it's going to determine an outcome. I don't know if it really had an effect on, on how the jury sees the overall nature of the whole case, but it just didn't look good for the simple fact as it, it made him look to be deceitful. And these are the instructions we have to remember. This is an 18 year old kid. He was 17 at the time this trauma occurred to him. Right. We have to remember this. His experience in this in these matters is very, very limited. He's listening to his attorneys 100 percent as he should. And his attorneys are going to advise him before he gets on the stand to make sure, you know, this is all in preparation. I've been through trials. I went through a two week federal trial, so I understand these things. It's not that they just, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse just says, you know, I want to go up on the stand and they put him up on the stand and ask him questions. There's preparation into this. And and they play devil's advocate with him. They try to get him upset. They try to think, you know, say things that stir him because in the in. At wartime, this is exactly what the prosecutor is doing. The prosecutor is trying to show the jury that he has a violent streak in him, that he has an ability to burst out and do, you know, or show anger. That was unsuccessful because I really don't think the kid has that in him. And here was, again, another case, in my opinion, of, of an overzealous state and overzealous 
political uh, prosecution team and they were trying to make it more than than really what it was. The reckless endangerment, all of that, absolutely. Weapons charges, absolutely. Everything that the kid did to break the law to possess this AR-15, absolutely. Because what this does, what these events do, and I want kids to understand this. I want people to understand what it is that I'm saying. When we commit these acts because of it's it's of selfishness and ego, like Kyle said, he wanted the AR-15 because it looked cool. He wanted to be the cool kid. That's all it was. That's why he went there that day. That's why he brought his weapons. He wanted he went there to be a vigilante. There's no question about that. We have to remember that when we do these things, we have to teach our children. We have to teach the ignorant that when we do these things. It hurts us, the civilians. And how that is so is because, yes, Kyle is finding these little loopholes in order to to gain what he wants and his selfishness and his egoness. And what he's doing is manipulating the very rights and the very laws that we are still trying to fight for. And the government is trying to take away from us. So anytime that we commit these loopholes, anytime that we take advantage of a situation or a law when it comes to guns, we are hurting ourselves because the government is trying to take our guns away from us. They do not want us with guns. Why? They blame it on the violence, but they are the ones that are creating the violence. The government is the one that is creating the violence. All we, the civilians, the communities are doing is reacting to what the government is creating. Now, albeit we, act, we, we are reacting ignorantly, but it's the government that keeps us ignorant. They keeps us. They keep us in the unknown. We don't know what the hell is going on. We don't know whether to believe the votes are real, not real. Whether the election was real, not real. Is President Biden? Is he even? Does he even have presidential powers? We have no idea. We have no idea. We have no idea if UFOs are going to be attacking us anytime soon because we're constantly lied to by our government. So we're kept in the unknown. We're ignorant. We're told we're the greatest country in the world, but we're not. So because of these, it creates trauma. It creates hostility. It creates aggression. It creates untrustworthiness. It creates all of this within your people. And these circumstances, Rittenhouse, Arbery, all of these are just circumstances that get caught up because of emotions that we are forced to be in. The government wants us in these emotions, so we make the mistakes that we make so they can come and create the laws that they create to take away the rights that they want to take away from us so they can control us the way they want to control us. And we are allowing that to happen by doing these stupid, stupid acts like Rittenhouse. And we cannot forget the fact that these victims and everybody else that was there were not innocent people as well. They were all committing crimes that night. They were all violating curfew. They were all in a place they weren't supposed to be in. They were all committing acts that was not permissible at that time. The scene was, was utter chaos. We cannot forget that. There was fires everywhere. There was gunshots. There was firecrackers. You couldn't decipher between the two. Because of the insanity that was ensuing around you. People screaming, yelling, people being hurt, knocked out on the ground, 
All of these things were going on all at the same time. So the prosecutor in the trial can take these still shots and slow them down and try to speak as if it was all in a in a manner where this kid should have been in his right frame of mind thinking clearly. It wasn't. He's not a grown person. He's not a grown man with a life's experiences to understand, not to lose your rationale, not to lose your, your sanity, not to panic. But he's a 17-year-old kid. All he wanted to do was go there and show his, his chest off, be a, 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 you know, be a 17-year-old kid with his AR-15 and his, his body armor that he let his friend use and all of this stuff. He, he just wanted to be the tough guy. The consummate American, I'm going to protect my American tough guy. And these are the circumstances. These, this is the domino effect of what those emotional decisions brought. So the reckless endangerment, weapons charges, things of that nature, I agree with 100%. Again, the, the, the state was, was, was pursuing its overzealousness because of the first degree murder, the politi you know, the whole politicalness behind this case and this prosecutor wanted to be the one to to make that charge stick, but he looked like a buffoon. I don't even know if he'll have a job after this here. Again, as I've said, pay attention to these prosecutors in these nationally shown cases. Just pay attention to them. Pay attention to the whole process of the court. This is our criminal justice system. Don't focus in on the crime. Don't focus in on the victims or, or the defendants. Just watch the whole process. Watch who has the power. Watch how the judge responds to the defense team versus the prosecutorial team. Just watch the whole process and start to understand the criminal justice system that we're calling fair and blind. This is what I'm asking my listeners to do, not to really, per se, pay attention to the case unless the case is interesting to you, but understand how our criminal justice system is working. One thing I will say is I've never seen a judge come down on a prosecutor. Remember the Maude Arbery case, the judge came down on the, def on the defense attorney. But in Rittenhouse, this judge came down on this prosecutor like nobody's business and he had every right to do so again because the prosecutor was pushing the envelope of our rights this is what they do and how he was doing that was questioning Rittenhouse about his post-arrest silence and you have every right to remain silent every right you cannot be questioned as to why you were silent you cannot be insinuated that your silence is of guilt you have the right to remain silent and ask for an attorney and you speak to your attorney look at Greg McMichael look what's going on in his case how he ran his fat mouth all up and down the street to anybody that would listen to his fat mouth sing and now look at him now they're trying to prove that he's not a racist when he was saying everything he could to prove that he was a racist but now you're not a racist man stand up stand up Greg McMichael you bad motherfucker, you, you want to kill people, you and your son, you want to kill people, you want to run around and call people N-words and talk all that bad shit in your yard, right? But now you're in the face of America, and now you're getting ready to go somewhere where these people are really going to see where your heart's at. They're going to see if you're a killer. They're going to see if your son's a killer. You're talking all this bad stuff now, trust me. People are waiting on you. Man up. Man up. You're up here trying to plead for your life now. You know what you did. You're running around with a Confederate flag on the front of your truck. 
But now you're in trial. You want you don't want the Confederate flag shown. Now you want your defense attorneys to try to hide the flag. Cowards. These people are cowards. I've met them in prison. I've met them on the street. They're cowards. You catch them anywhere by themselves. Cowards. Sure, there's some soldiers. Every every unit has its soldiers that the majority of the, of that clique wants to hide behind. But at the end of the day, when you check each one one by one, they're all cowards. They don't stand for nothing. That's why I say these these types of people with this this thought process need to be drugged behind four horses in four separate ways, so they can feel the fear that they instilled in people. Before they died. It sickens me. It still sickens me that nobody. Nobody. Even thought. To comfort this child. As he died on the street. They just let him die. On a cold. Pavement road. By himself. Sad man. And it enrages me. But as we stand now. The Arbery case Thursday's testimony. I didn't feel was really too significant. Again it was a lot of. It was a lot of just pushing the same envelope. You know, the defense, I, I give it to the defense team, man. They have done a pretty good job at at their jobs. It's an almost impossible mountain to climb, basically because of the Greg McMichael, you know, his fat mouth. He created so much for these people to try to overcome. But And the son, too. They both have fat mouths. You know, they were both running off their mouth and, and, and just... This is why I say it's important. It doesn't matter. Stop trying to win people over. If you committed a crime, even if you didn't commit a crime, shut up. Stop talking. Do not say a word. Not one word until you get into a secure office with your attorney. Stop running around trying to gain people's sympathy, trying to get people to understand because everything is being recorded and watched and it's going to be used against you. And we're seeing it play out in court. So this, I mean, this defense team, they, they had a, a, an impossible mountain to climb. There was no way that they were going to prove this citizen's arrest and all of this stuff. They're still trying to push that narrative. They have nothing else to go on. So they have to, they have to stick to it because if they lose that, they have nothing and it's over. Which it should be. This is a waste of taxpayers' money, in my opinion. Again, if I was a prosecutor, I would just, I would be working on another case during trial. And just let them try to explain their way out of the mess that they got themselves in. It's, it's impossible. And they look like buffoons doing it. They look like ignorant rednecks doing it. People should have just pled guilty. Not try to come with this crazy thing. You know what you did. And you know you know that you, re you reacted emotionally. You thought, again, you thought you were vigilantes. This Greg, Greg daddy thought that he had a, he was in with the police. Because he was a cop in this whole good good boy system. And you know what? These motherfuckers may have gotten away with this shit. If it wouldn't have been for George Floyd and everything that happened. Rittenhouse. Everything that happened after that. Because let's not forget. Everything was washed under the rug. And the only ones that were crying out were the citizens of, of that small town. It wasn't until George Floyd and then Rittenhouse shortly after. Did the nation really start coming behind and putting pressure on Georgia to for the GBI to step in the prosecutor yes got uh, the prosecutor that investigated and swept everything under the rug got fired immediately and indicted and this is what we need to start doing to more of our prosecutors it shouldn't have to be such an egregious case to get a prosecutor fired and indicted for their dirtiness for their corruption 
the prosecutor represents the state, represents the country and its laws. There can be no corruption. These have to be the most righteous people that we know. But it's there. Materialism, egoness, pride, it, it creeps its way into the most righteous. And that's where we stand with our barriers is Friday. They had the GBI director on there and Stone Cold again. And, and it's the defense. The defense just kept drilling and kept drilling the same question because this guy was a was a sharp one. He knew what he was doing. He didn't really testify to much. He, he was very precise. He answered the questions in a precise manner. He wasn't over talking. He wasn't giving up no information. He was sticking to the fact that this is what happened. These are the facts. That's it. I'm not speculating on nothing. I'm not giving my opinion on nothing. And it got so frustrating for the defense that they, they kept persisting to get an answer out of them until the judge came down on them again. And I, and I, again, I, I, I do give this team kudos because they're pushing the line. This is their reputation on stakes. And they decided to take this case knowing that these were some racist people and that they're trying to get these murderers off. But they, again, they're American citizens and they have every right to a fair trial. No question. I want to see that happen because I don't want to see these people win on appeal. So we'll, we'll just see. Rittenhouse, where we stand with that is on Friday, the deliberations, both of the state closed and the defense rested. Both state rested and the defense rested on Friday. And we went into the process of what you call is, is the final countdown. This is it. This is the final play of the, of the game. And it's all planning on how this play is going gonna, is gonna to act out. And so what I mean by that is it's it's jury instruction time. So it's making sure that both parties agree to the instructions that the judge is going to read to the jury so that they understand how to convict. And this is a dueling process. They go through each count, each charge. And is this charge applicable? Is this count applicable? And this is what we spent Friday on was was this dueling match. And then I guess they rested and come Monday morning, these attorneys are going to come in. They're going to go over what the final instructions are. They're going to read these instructions to the jury at some point during that day. And then they'll go into deliberations and we wait. And that's where we stand with Rittenhouse. Arbery is probably maybe another four or five days and then we'll we'll start to wrap that up. I'm I'm interested in in this case still because I want to see what the Roddy guy is going to do, the neighbor. He's trying to get a severance from the trial and the only reason why you're going to want to get a severance from the trial, well two reasons I would think is because if you start the trial and you start to see that the the trial is being most concentrated on the other defendants and not you, but you're scared that you're going to get wrapped up in all this evidence that's being presented against your your co-defendants, you can maybe try to get a severance from that. Or you want to flip and then you want to turn state's witness and you want to testify against these people. So you'll want to get a severance from that. So. This I've heard is in the works. They're trying or looking at it. Um, so some interesting things are going to occur in this trial. I'm, I'm willing to bet on that. We haven't heard the last of the McMichaels yet. I promise you they're going to come with some old fancy gimmicky thing. I promise. So 
stay tuned for that. You guys, um, one final note on ending. I just want to share the fact that I appreciate my subscribers and my listeners for tuning in and catching what it is that I have to say. I'm out here struggling, trying to, to make ends meet and just try to get by and still find the time to bring you my voice, my thoughts, my opinions, my shows, because I care about my American people. I care about people in general. I love life. I love humans. I love my life. And I want my life to be easy. I want it to be refreshing and joyful and blissful. And I found that internal bliss within myself where I can be happy with who I am just enough to wake up each day and keep myself motivated and pushing forward and be able to take all of the ne negativities that life throws at me. So I, 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 I bring these experiences. I share these experiences with you guys and I, I expose myself and my history of who I am for positivity and negativity. And I expose myself all so that people will understand what I've been through and the decisions that I've made, what has spawned those decisions, where those decisions and choices have came from, and how I've changed my life and, and making different choices. So I share these things for growth, growth of self, so we can all just be our best self. So please continue to share my, my sites. Please continue to share my words. Please continue just to let people know about this podcast out there that, you know, is, is somebody that is just wanting to connect to communities and bring people together. My platform is your platform. You know, if somebody has an issue that they need light to bring to and, and the county's not doing nothing for them, the state's not doing nothing for them, they can't find an attorney to do anything, recommend my show. Just say, hey, I know a guy that'll maybe put a, a show together for you and you can get get it out in the public's eye. So, this is what I'm here for, man, is to bring communities together. And so there, you know, I appreciate you guys continuing to to do what you do for me. And I just ask that you continue to do that just by liking, sharing, subscribing and and so forth. So so until the next time, you guys stay safe, stay blessed and continue to be your best self. Peace. I'm out.